Welcome to Sunday Night Novi. Sunday Night Novi is a presentation of the Weiss Entertainment Network, 613 on your dial. Live from here in the Merkaz Yisrael of Marine Park Studio. Um, tonight, tonight's share, as always, is, is prophetic visions in the 21st century, the message of Nevi'im Rishonim, the story of the Book of Shoftim. This series will focus on how Shmuel Hanovi, the author of the Book of Shoftim, sent us many messages for our times. The series is dedicated to Zecha Nishma Sarav Yerachmiel, Ben Aramea Neshama, should have an, an aliyah. Okay, uh, we, we left off last week with the uh, amazing story of the birth of Shimshon. So I, I, think, I think that, that it, it's what's going to make this story complex to understand is that, is that the Novi says that it's Me'es Hashem, that it comes from Hashem. But yet then we're going to question some of, some of uh, Shimshon's motives and some of his activities. Um, again, as I pointed out last week, um, the essential point here is that what is different than in the past. In the past, it was the it was the the shofet coming onto the scene after Bnei Israel does tshuva. In fact, we don't even see that here. There's no mention that that uh, Bnei Israel. This whole story is, is is a little different. And it doesn't say that they, they, they called out to Hashem, doesn't say that they did tshuva, uh, doesn't say anything. Uh, only thing it does tell us is that the Plishtim were a dominating force for 40 years. Uh, the second thing that's strange um, in this story um, is uh, Shimshon is the only Shofet whose uh, birth seems to be heralded. Um, it's uh, all the other Shoftim, and you might even argue when we're all said and done, that some of the Shoftim's contributions were even greater than Shimshon. But, but nonetheless, their birth is not heralded. There's no, um, there's no pregame show. There's no meeting with a Malach, as we saw, la- as we saw last week. And um, none of that happens. We don't hear that about Tavora. We don't hear that about uh, Steel Ben Kenaz. None, none, none of that takes place. Um, except for Shmuel Hanovi, but, but Shmuel Hanovi is not just um, the prelude to, to a Shofet in the last of the Shoftim, but Shmuel Hanovi is a prelude to an entire generation uh, of a man who dominated the Jewish people in a positive way. So, so I think that's a little different. I think the answer is, and I, and I think the explanation of this is, the story of Shimshon is a story that makes you scratch your head more than any of the other Shoftim. We don't see the Shoftim, uh, the other Shoftim doing questionable activities. We don't see them getting involved with women and, and, uh, and all of that. But what happens with Shimshon is, is that he does a lot of questionable activities. But in the end of the day, he's still a Moshia Yisrael. And in order to grow the appreciation of the fact that he is a Moshia Yisrael, that he is a, a savior of the Jewish people, we, ne- we need to understand that he was not a random guy that came onto the scene. He was uh, a person whose birth was, predict- was predicted. He was a person whose birth came from almost in a miraculous manner. It was, as we discussed last week, his parents 
couldn't have children for a long time. And Malach comes and tells them that they're finally going to have children. So I also pointed this out last week that any time, that any time the, the Torah, the Torah, the Tanakh tells us that someone is Akara, she's barren and is struggling to have children. It's always a prelude to greatness. That means something is going to come from this story that's going to be a great Yeshua in Am Yisrael, whether it's the birth of the Avos uh, and the Shvatim, or or it's or it's here at the birth of Shimshon. Shimshon is is his own uh, is his own character, um, and, and he doesn't play the same role as some of the other Shoftim in this book. But nonetheless, that which he accomplishes is is, is unbelievable and. And single-handedly. Like he doesn't rally the troops. He doesn't gather the armies. He does it single-handedly. And, and and he tears into the plishtim in a way that makes them uncomfortable. Not, he do, as we spoke about last week, he doesn't end the story. The story continues. The story continues all the way to the time of David Amelah when finally the plishtim are put to rest. But but uh, but he begins, he begins the fight back, so to speak. He begins the... Uh, that he plants the ability of the Jewish people to finally, finally live in the land of Israel in the way that they were meant to be. And I think you can't, you can't deny that Shimshon plays a role in this story. And I, th- and I think because of some of his questionable activities, because of some of his questionable attitudes, as we're going to see, we're going to discuss, uh, it's easy to look askance at him. It's easy to view him in a very negative way. And what Denovi was telling us, now remember, don't forget about the birth of Shimshon. He wasn't just Stam of birth. He was a birth of people who couldn't have children. He was a birth that was brought about with the intervention of, of Hashem himself with a Malach. Uh, and I can say, well, all births are with Hashem, of course. Of course, we never, we never forget about the role Hashem plays in our lives. But, but, it, but, but his circumstances are, are, are supernatural. A Malach appears to them. They, they, there's interaction uh, and, and so many, so many di- different part, moving parts take place, and it, and I think we're supposed to be reminded of that. I think we're supposed to that that when we think Shimshon is doing the wrong thing, and there will be criticism of Shimshon, no question about it. Uh, but I think we also have to remember that that he really single handedly is laying a foundation for the Jewish people to thrive and uh, and 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 do well. So I think that I think that that's a very important idea that comes out here. Okay, we got we got up to Perak Yudalat. It's page two hundred in the art scroll, or simply Shoftim Perak Yudalat. So I, I want to try to. So we the, the Novi is, is is really not a history book. So the Novi skips here. Novi takes us from the birth of Shimshon. Now one of the last things is it says Vayivarcheyu Hashem. It says that Hashem had had blessed Shimshon. So what, what does it mean by Hashem? So Pashtus, it means that he that he blessed him with, with a great amount of strength. That that strength that, that he was given was a bracha from from Akadish Baruch. And and I think and I think that's that's an important idea. And that, that kind of like lays the groundwork of what's going to take place. And the Novi also tells us that he was embedded with Ruach Hashem. So it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to mean that he was embedded with Ruach HaKodesh. It, it, it seems to more mean uh, that Hashem was with him and, and, and Hashem is going to lead him. And we're going to see that 
all throughout the story. And, and we cannot forget um, that aspect of the story. So we're going to start with Perakid Dalit. Uh, let me uh, share with you some insights into the initial uh, stories of Shimshon. And, and let's try to make some, some sense of it um, and see exactly what, what, what took place here. You know, there were, you know, when we talk about um, the founding of the state of Israel, uh, certainly, certainly there are individuals, uh, you know, and they're all household names to us, that, that we need to realize they're Mesirus Nefesh. Uh, if you read, uh, if you read Yehuda Avner's book, uh, The Prime Ministers, um, you realize that, that you realize how great Menachem Begin was to the Jewish people. That there was that there was no greater defender of the Jewish people in the 20th century than Menachem Begin, and and, and it goes back to his beginnings in the Irgun, and it goes back to eventually him uh, his rise to the presidency, some of his interaction in as a member of Knesset, and, and some of those things. So you have these individuals who single-handedly brought about great Yeshua's in Am Yisrael. And I think they start with, the, with Shimshon. They start with David Amelech and Shlomo and all, and all of these people. So I, I, I think that's something that we can keep in mind. Again, remember, whatever the Novi's telling us, it's, it's, a, it's a foreshadowing for the rest of Jewish history. It's here. It's with us today. Otherwise, the Novi wouldn't speak to us. The Novi, wasn't, if the Novi didn't, didn't think it was important for us to speak to us on these stories, it would be left out. It wouldn't be in the book, as we discussed many times. So Pasigala from Perak Yidal. So let, let, let's see what happens here. Vayered Shimshon Timnasa. So interesting. Um, Timnasa, this is not the first time in Tanakh that Timnasa is mentioned. Timnasa is a place. Now, where, where else is, is Timnasa mentioned? So in a very odd place. Um, it says... Um, let me find the passage in the story of Yehuda the Tamar. It, it's, it says the following: This is after the death of his two sons, and Tamar was left to to, to sit around. But Tamas Bashua Ashes Yehuda, the wife of Yehuda had died. Vayinachem Yehuda, and Yehuda was consoled. Vayal so no who. He went up to oversee his uh, sheep, the Hira Reo Adulami Timnasa. So Timnasa was the place that Yehuda went after the death of his wife, and that and that and after that unfolds the whole story of Tamar. So Timnasa, interestingly, and from that comes the seeds of Mel of Melech Hamashiach. So Timnasa is a is a destined place. So it says, "Vayered Shimshon Timnasa." And we're going to talk. I'm going to talk more about Timnasa in a minute. Vayar isha b'Timnasa mebenos So it says that he went um, in Timnasa and he saw and he saw a woman um, in in Plishtim. Okay, let, let me just read. Let me just read uh, two more psukim and then 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 let's discuss what happened here. Vayal. So he went up. Vayagel la'bevelimo. So he told his parents. Vayomer. I saw this woman in Simnasa, Mibnos Plishtim, from the uh, daughters of Plishtim. He said, please, please take her for, um, no, uh, thread the shidduch, make, make the shidduch happen that I should marry her. Uh, okay. 
ויאמר לו אביה ואמו, האין מבנוס אחיך ובכל עמי אישו? So they get a little bit disgusted with him. They said, I don't understand. There are no, no nice Jewish girls that you have to go to, to, to the Plishtim. Uh, the uncircumcised Plishtim. She is fitting in my eyes. Okay, so there are a number of questions here. But obviously the obvious question is, is, is his parents' question. What is he doing? Why is he going to Plishtim? So we have to see what that means. Um, so anyway, so anyway, the Gemara in Sota on Dav Yud Amit Beis tells the following. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to read this to you. I to find it. Give me one second. So, sorry, Yudam and Alf. I take that back. Siv. So this is the Gemara and Sotan. Daf Yudam and Alf. Vayered Shimshon Timnasa. Shimshon went to a place called Timna. Uksiv. Hine Chamech Ole Timnasa. And by Tamar, it says, it says that your father-in-law went up to Timnasa. Okay. So by Shimshon, it says he went down. And by Yehuda, it says he went up. So I'm a Rabbi So how do we understand that? Either you go up there or you go down there. Why does it say, why does it say Yehuda went up, but Shimshon went down? Oh, so, so that's, the Gemara does give that answer. Uh, I'm a Rabbi Elazar. Shimshon, Shimshon, who was denigrated in Timnah. It is written that his travel to Timnah was a descent. Yehuda, so, so the Gemara says that the, the word Vayered and, and Oleh is, is meant spiritually. Yehuda, who, who goes to Timnah and eventually she, uh, Tamar pairs up with Tamar and after the whole story and, and, and Tamar shows him that, that he's the man that, that, that made her pregnant and, and from that comes the seed of Mashiach. When he says, Sakal Mimeni, when, when, when he stops dead in his tracks, and he says, you know what, you're right, and I'm wrong, when, 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 that, ta- when that takes place, so he's Ola, he's, he, he's, he, he's risen up, and from that is the seeds of Mashiach, of the kings, uh, the Gemara says, uh, because Yehuda said, he, he became the king. So Shimshon, who through this story, and through the meaning of this woman, is going to be denigrated, as we're going to see hopefully shortly, um, so it says Yarda. Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmani Omar Shnei Timno Osoyu. Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmani says there were two, there were two uh, Timna. Chada v'Yirida v'Chada Balia. One through a descent and one through an ascent. Rav Papa Omar Chada Timna Have. There was only one Timna. Rapha said, no, real, it's the same place, but depending on which way you count. On one way it was going down, and another way it was going up. So now, but how do we really understand? Yeah, so so I want to read you the, the, the note. This is from the art school Gemara. On the surface, the two incidents seem similar. Both Yehuda and Shimshon went to Timnah to engage in relations in unusual circumstances. 
However, they defer in the following way. Shimshon married a woman from the Philistine nation, which is generally prohibited to Jews unless she converts. But Yehuda's incident resulted in the birth of Peretz and Zerach, from whom kings and prophets were descent. It will be explained below why Yehuda had not violated any law through the relationship up to Mark. And we're not going to get into that. That's not, that's not for tonight. But anyway, so the, the, the point is, and the, and, and the Gemara Darshans in, in, in the go either up or down, uh, that in the words going up, it was a spiritual up uh, because Yehuda comes out, comes out on top um, at the end of the story. And for Shimshon, it was, it was negative. Um, and that's uh, also how the Radak comments on that as well. Uh, and why, why over here it says Vayered as opposed to Yehuda where it says Ola. So that's, that's number one. Number two. Uh, how could it be that Shimshon, Shimshon, who is the Moshiach Yisrael, how could it be that he married a Shiksa? How could he be that he married a non-Jewish woman? So, uh, uh, you know, it's it's hard to understand this, but according to the Mefarshim, Kigiara Terem Lekacha, that that he converted them and and made them into Jewish women before he married them. Now we all know, we all know that when, that that in order to become a gioris or a ger, in order for someone to become a convert, their motives have to be pure. They have to be what we say nafsham chashkam b'torah. Right. The Gemara tells us that in the time of David and Shlomo, because of the great prosperity that that David and Melech began and Shlomo and Melech built on, um, they didn't accept gaver. Why didn't they accept Gerim? Because they never believed that anyone wanted to be part of the Jewish people for legitimate reasons. They believed that the reason why people wanted to become Gerim was because they saw how great the prosperity was of the time. And they said, hey, we, 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 want, we want to share. Yeah, we want in. Right, right. So they didn't accept, they didn't accept, they didn't accept Gerim. Um, so, and, and we know all throughout the generations that, that Gerim's, um, with, with with an ulterior motive is generally not accepted. So so how, how is it that so it's very difficult for me to kind of piece this together that he converted them in order to marry them. But we always say that that's the one thing that we that we don't uh, we don't accept uh, Gerim unless you want for that reason unless you want to say that that maybe they really wanted to be part and I, I don't know it's very hard for me to understand it. But but it, it is it, but it's clear in throughout the mefarshim uh, that she is not considered a, an absolute non-Jewish woman that she's considered an, a, a, a non-Jewish descent, but but in the in the category of a convert. Okay, so I I, I think we have to say that uh, not not because of any other reason but the mefarshim say that, and and you know I'm not gonna I can't say any differently. Uh, it's just hard to understand. That, that's all I'm saying. Okay, so that answers question two. Again, question one was why it said Vayered by Yehuda says Ola. So we just we discussed the the different the difference in the results from Yehuda and results of Shimshon. Uh, number two, how could it be that she he married a Plishtim, uh, a Philistine woman, uh, as his own parents? Uh, question. Okay, uh, the next thing is Kihi Yashra Beinam. So so we have to see exactly what, what does that mean that 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 she was straight. In, in his eyes. So we're going to see that in, uh, in Pasuk Zion. We'll get to Pasuk Zion. And we're going to talk about that as well. What does it mean that she was uh, good in his eyes? So Pasuk um, um, Dalit. Vaviv imo lo yadu 
So this is important. His parents did not realize that that the that his relationship with the wife of uh, with a, a Philistine woman is is hashkachal protest. It's from it's from a kodesh baruch They didn't know. Kisona he mevakesh me plishtim ubaesa he plishtim moshlim v'yisrael. Because what happens is, yeah. So the so the Masudas David says. So the Mesudah David puts this very nice. What was Shibshon's, what, what was he thinking? What's going on here? So he says, he says the following. In order for Shimshon to be successful and at the same time protect the Jewish people, because the Shimshon attacks and 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 the Plishtim think that the Jewish people have put him up to this, then uh, uh, right, then I'll convey for the Jews. That, that, that's that, 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 that's correct. Um, I, I have to say this because my friend, because my friend um, Moshe is on here and he's going to laugh when I say what I'm about to say. I'm just going to say three words: uh, the enterprise incident. Um, okay, uh, if you, if you, if you, if you are a Star Trek person, you will know that is an attempt of to steal a weapon from the enemy um, without without anyone thinking thinking that they're doing it on their own in case it fails, and and so there's no repercussions uh, and cause a cosmic war. Okay, I had, I had to say that. Okay. Um, Don't mention the Vulcan death grip. That's no, we will not mention that. Anyway, anyway, um, but that's what's going on here. Uh, uh, it's the best example I can think of. That 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 Shimshon made it that that they had no idea what his role was. That in, in their in their mind they thought he was a renegade. That he was a uh, a vigilante. That's what I was looking for. That he's a vigilante going after them. So 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 when he goes after them and something goes wrong. They'll say, uh, okay. So, so what happens is, is that he's going to create the environment. This is where, see, this is where Shipshon is brilliant. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna create the environment where, where they're gonna understand that he's after them, because, uh, because uh, they get nasty with him. And then when he goes and attacks them, any person looking on will say, well, we started up with him, so he fought back. And there's not, there's never going to be a trace back to the Jewish people. That's what he says. Because if the Plishtim, this is what Mrs. David says, he says, if the Plishtim had any inclination that the Jewish people are behind us, it would have been big trouble. So remember, and that's why the Pusik says, Plishtim Moshlim the Israel. They rule the land. So you have to tread very, very carefully. You know, it's interesting. Um, the Pusik says by Avram also. Right, you know, when he has the argument with uh, Lot, right? When Lot lets his animals uh, go, go. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Mira, they um, graze. Thank you. Uh, when when Moshe lets them graze graze in the field, uh, Lot. I'm oh, sorry, Lot lets them graze in the field, and 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 so Rashi quotes that there was a machlokas between Avram and Lot, and so Rashi quotes. That that Lot said that Avram has no descendants and he was promised the land. I'm his I'm his uh, next of kin, so uh, I have the right to do whatever I want. 
So the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, no, the Canaanim were still in the land, meaning the Avram wasn't promised the land now, it was his children were promised the land. And they're still there and they still own the land. That's why Lo was doing was wrong. And that's and that's the Pasuk here. Plishtim Moshlim, uh, Israel. The Plishtim ruled the land. So Shimshon understood that he needs to tread very, 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 very carefully. And if anything happens and anything goes wrong, they take it out on him and not on the on the Jewish people. Okay, uh, so so that's that's just the beginnings of of, of of what's going on here. Okay, then it says, "Vayered Shimshon the Aviv Imo Timnasa." Right. Okay, so Shimshon and his parents go to Timnasa. Uh, I point out they went to to meet with the caterer uh, and uh, prepare the wedding and. Uh, so they come to a place called Carme uh, Simnosa, right? They come to this place called Carme Simnosa, and uh, I'm going to come back to this. And he can, he's he's met by a a pack of lions, or or a, or a single, or, or 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 a single lion that comes to uh, that comes to attack him. So anyway, I, I just wanted to mention um, the Gemara. The Gemara says the following. Now, oh, one, one more pasuk. I'm sorry. Um, now, what happens is, uh, he's embedded with the spirit of Hashem. He kills the lion as if he was uh, had a goat in front of him. And he didn't um, tell us. He never. He apparently the first would say he walked ahead of his parents. He wasn't walking with them when he confronted the lion. Um, I, I saw one of the mafarshim that says that they were walking through a vineyard. Uh, they're walking through, uh, you know, where grapes grow. And Shimshon, being a nausea, is not allowed to walk through a vineyard. That's that's the, the Gemara's example when it talks about the Isser, uh, the Gemara in Avodah beginning of Masechus Avodah when the Gemara talks about um, the concept of Lufnei Iver Losi Tein Michshol, that you're not allowed to put a stumbling block um, in front of a blind person. So, so the Gemara, so the Gemara says that that doesn't mean it literally. I, mean, I think it means that too. But the Gemara says that means you're not allowed to cause a person to sin. You're not allowed to create the environment that 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 a person might might sin. So, so in other words, so the classic example the Gemara gives is you don't walk a nazir through a vineyard. You don't, you don't, you don't tempt him to to pick a, a, a grape off the tree uh, while while he's walking through and violate um, his nazirus. Now, so the Gemara says like this: Tan Rabban. It's the Gemara and Sota Daftes Hamid Beis Shimshon be'enav Marad. Shimshon rebelled against against Hashem with his eyes. Shinemar, by Yomer Shimshon El Aviv, Shimshon said to his father, Kachli, take this uh, take this woman, ki for she was fitting in my eyes. Lefichach, therefore, Nikuru Plishtim Esenav. So his midah, Keneged midah, was that the Plishtim gorged out his eyes. Shinemar, by Yochazua Plishtim, by Yinakru Esenav. So the Gemara says, Eini, how could that be? How could it be that that what Shimshon did was wrong? 
if the pasuk says straight up, what do you mean? What that Shimshon's motivation was divine. So it says it's not it's not a medrash, it's not a drash. It says in the pasuk that Shimshon was was acting according to the desire of Hashem. So the Gemara answers, when he went to select her, at least his motives were not completely pure. He followed what was proper in his eyes um, afterwards. So what, what does that mean? So um, I'm reading um, in, in the Gemara and Sota, article note 37. So a lengthy note where he describes exactly this whole scene. This is what he says. Shimson's primary motive in marrying a Philistine woman was to find a pretext to fight the Pishta. That's the that's the Me'im Hashem. So so we want to make it clear that, and I, we mentioned it before, that Shimshon was looking for a way in. He had to figure out a way to get into the Plishtim camp, and then it, once he gets it, once he gets his foot in the door, he could carry out his uh, uh, war war on them. At that time, the, the Plishtim dominated the Jewish nation, and the Jews did not have sufficient merit to fight them. It was therefore left to Shimshon to serve as a lone warrior against the Plishtim. His plan was to live with the Plishtim and find personal cause to attack them. This would not result in reprisal against the Jews, as we just mentioned in the Mesudat David, for the Philistines would view his act as those of disenfranchised madmen, who was clearly uh, acting on his own. For example, when the woman from Timnas was subsequently given in marriage by her father to another man, Shimson responded by using foxes to burn down the Philistine crops. We'll get to that story soon. When they retaliated by burning the woman and his father alive, he responded with a second attack. Uh, and and uh, there's, so there's all kinds of, uh, of things that, that, are, that are going on here. So, so it's a complicated story. And, and the tension in the story is on the one hand, Shimshon is acting Mina Shemayim. He's acting, he's on God's mission. Uh, on the other hand, some of it, again, as I said at the beginning of tonight's year, some of his activities are, are really, really greatly challenged. So, so you have that tension that, that, that goes on, uh, that goes on here. And, and that's, uh, uh, that's important to, to know. Now, uh, in terms of the lion, although Shimshon accompanied his parents, he left them for the paraton because his road led through a vineyard, as I mentioned. Shimshon avoided grapes. Now, uh, now we're going to have to, the, the issue of the nausea is going to be an issue in a few minutes. Now, remember, besides the nausea not drinking wine, they're also not allowed to become tummy mace. Now, by a goy, there is a machlokas, machlokas we've shown him, whether a goy is metame ba'oa. So we know a Jewish, we know, we know a Jewish person that if a, if a Jewish person, uh, if a Jewish person um, will, is dies and, and you're in the, you're in this. You're in the same room. You're in the same. You're in the same room as him. So we know, according to halacha, uh, you become what's called mat- uh, tamei meis because you because uh, matami boel. There is a machlokas uh, whether or not a goy is matami boel. But 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 certainly a goy is matame. A dead body of a goy. If you touch it, you certainly are matame. Whether whether you be matami boel, that's a machlokas we show. But but but. Uh, Certainly touching it, so so that's gonna now a nausea is like becomes like a Kohen. Uh, it comes like a Kohen God, though he's not allowed to become tummy. So we have to deal with that issue that it that tension of the of the naziris is also uh, plays a part um, in this story. So let's see what happens now. So anyway, so it says when it says Batishar Shimshon, 
So what does it mean she was uh, good in her, in her eyes? So the Mepharshim point out that that she was very bright. She was very intelligent. Um, it says, He found her intellectually stimulating, not just beautiful, but he found that she was intellectually stimulating. Uh, and, she, and she was very smart. And it sounds like that we'll see that, that he's very smart because he's going to play intellectual games with the, with the Plishtim in a minute. So we're going to see that as well. Anyway, Vayasha Miyamim Akata. So it says he returned after a certain time to marry her. Vayasar Liros. Now, on, now what happened was he killed the lion and the lion stayed there. That's, by the way, reminiscent of another story in Tanakh, um, the story of the death. Oh, nobody's going to slip my... Of Ido Hanovi. Wait, that's his name. Yeah, um, that's the story. Um, after Yeroboam ben Nevat uh, became the king in Israel and divided Eretz Yisrael into two, the Ten Shvatim in the north and the... Uh, and the um, not not Ido, Achia Hashiloni, um, and the, the and the Huda in the south. So the Novi goes to to the, this other Novi, and and through a whole story, um, the lions attack attack them. Uh, 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 he dies by the lions attacking him, and then, and then when he dies, he's left on the road, and the animals are just standing there, like like normally a lion would eat the carcass. They're not doing any of that yet. Yeah, they the they find that. The person comes and finds that the animals are just standing in place. It's not exactly the same story, but it's a similar story later in Novi. Anyway, what happens here is, so he had killed the lion, but he didn't do anything with it. He left it there. So he came back. He comes and he finds the carcass of the Arie. And what's coming out of it? There was a swarm of bees. The Givia Sa'are Udavash. Uh, and and it, it was in the body of the lion because the lion had been split open. The bees had made a beehive a bee, uh, over there, and they were and they were producing uh, they were producing honey. So he sees in the lion the bees producing honey. Okay, now now just remember that this becomes very 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 important. Uh, right. So Masuda David says. That the first trip he made only shaduchim, and then and then uh, and now he's coming to to marry her. Okay, that's a just a side note. A side note. Okay, now what happens? Vayirideu el kapa. So he says he scraped into his hands. Uh, he want to, he took vayelech halok veachol, meaning he took from the the carcass of the lion. He took some honey into his hands. Well, now, why he wasn't afraid to be stung by the bees, I'm not sure. But <coughs> uh, so, and, and he does that. Uh, so the art scroll in the note says, recognizing that his encounter with the lion was miraculous, Shimshon went to see if, he, if its remains held an omen for him. What, what, what he discovered would give him the pretext he was looking for. So this sign, this, the bees um, in, the, in the carcass with the honey, is the pretext for him to start up with the plishtim. So anyway, he bends down, uh, he scrapes into his hand and he starts eating. Uh, and he goes to his parents. And he gives some honey to them and they, and they eat it. Um, and he never tells them that he got the honey from inside the lion that he had um, encountered.
So now what? Now what? Now then it says Vayered Avihu. Avihu means his father. El Haisha. Vayasham Shimshon Mishteh. Yikain Yasu Abachurim. So it says that Shimshon made a party because that's what was the custom of the the people getting married. It says Mesudat David points out Mitchila Yared Avid Lahachin Sarchei Mishta. First, the father went to you know arrange with the caterer. Ki Shimshon Asa Shama Mishta Mishlo. But Shimshon in the end makes it himself. Kichain Derech Habachurim Asosa Mishta Mishlohem. Beis Hinas Am. Apparently, the custom was that the chassan would pay for the for the wedding themselves. Um, and the father only served as the facilitator. Uh, he, he met with the caterer, signed the contracts, but it was Shimshon who came with the check uh, for the caterer uh, to make to make all, all of this all, all, all of this happen. So he comes. And Shimshon makes makes this big uh, this big party this big this big celebration. Now, now let's see what happens. so also. So what happened when the woman and her father saw him? Um, it says uh, They took. 30 companions to be with him. Okay. Um, there is a concept in Halacha, or something called Shushbinan. Shushbinan are, are people that stay with the Chassan and Kala. Uh, um, we have a minute that um, a Chassan and a Kala uh, are not allowed to be alone. Um, the minig is really from the Afra font. Uh, it's probably, the minig is probably not really, it's probably not correct. It's probably, the, the, there, is, there is a concept in Halacha, it's a Gemara and Brochus, that, that there are three people that are not allowed to be left alone. A Chassan, a Kalan, and Ovil. Because it, it says, says that the, the Satan is uh, hovering, uh, especially at a time, he doesn't want, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't want Shalom bias, because that, that's uh, anti his plan. And, and an Ovel is in a precarious time. So an Ovel is really not allowed to be left alone. Always supposed to be somebody with an Ovel. If there's a situation that an Ovel has to go to shul where you can't have a minion in the base Ovel, someone is supposed to pick him up and, and drive him to shul. Same thing we know by Chassan and Kala. Um, I remember Rabbi Willard told me that I don't go to shul for chakras uh, the week of Sheva Brachas, that because the Chassan and the Kala is not allowed to be alone. I, I dived at home. I, I, I joked that that was the, the most sleep I ever got in my life because I, I, I stayed home as Mount Kriyashma was like at 9.30. I woke up 9 o'clock. Uh, when do I ever get up at nine o'clock? It was great. And I dove and I started diving uh, 20 minutes before Zman Kriyushma, and it was all great. Um, so, so, um, so it's interesting that it says that they, they, they gave, there were 30 companions that were, 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 were laid out to be. That's the concept of Shushpina. Um, that, and that's, that's the concept that the Gemara discusses that a Chosan and a Kala are not allowed to be alone. Now, now, but these guys were Plishta. Let's, let's keep in mind. Uh, despite the, the, the possibility of Shushpin and these guys were pushed him. So now, so he meets these guys and uh, and So Shimshon says, I have a riddle for you and I want you to solve this riddle. He says, He says, if by the end of the week of Sheva Brachas, you, you tell me the answer, he says, I will give you 30 sheets and 30 changes of clothing. 
meaning a very, uh, I will give you in return for the answer, a, 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 a pretty lavish gift, okay? Um, it's gonna be, a, they say it was the top designers of the day he was gonna give them. Um, so, and he said, and if not, you got to give that to me. Um, fair deal. So they said, okay, we're all, we're, we're all open. Um, they said, tell us the, uh, the riddle. Okay. So they said, tell us the story. Okay. Now, Vayomer Lahem. Meha Ochel Yatsa Machal. He said from them, from the eater, uh, I'll tell you the explanation, from the lion who eats others, Yatsa Machal. Food came out of, meaning the honey was coming from out of the lion, right? Who normally eats people. Omeaz Yatsa Machal. From the strength, right? The lion is the the king of the animals, the uh, you know the Lion King, right? Um, and, and is the is is represents the great strength, and and from him is coming sweetness, meaning the honey, right? Uh, so So they could not figure out exactly what was going on here. What was he talking about? What does it mean from the strong comes the sweet, and the, and from the food from the eater comes the food? Very 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 complicated. Uh, uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> you know, if you think about what he said to them, how in a million years could they have ever figured this out? Uh, who, who's thinking about something like this? Anyway, anyway. For some reason, all the Mepharshim say Yom HaShvi'i is Shabbos, not the seventh day of the Sheva Brachas. Here, It was actually the fourth day of the celebration. He said, he, the Visudat David says that he didn't spend Shabbos with them. They didn't like eating Chalant and Kugel. He liked eating Chalant and Kugel. So he, had a, so he didn't spend the time with these guys. So that was their chance, as we're going to see, for them to go to, the, to, to his wife. Uh, the Radak takes the other approach. Radak says it's possible to suggest that the seventh day really means the seventh day. And they, uh, and, and they realized that in the first three, why I say three days? Because they realized after three days that they're not figuring out the answer. They, they gave up. But then they were quiet until the seventh day. It says so, so, and then, and then they came to her, and for seven days she cried because he didn't want to tell her the answer. And only when they threaten her, as we're going to see in a minute, uh, does he give all the answer. So, he said, entice your husband. And then you come and tell us the answer. Because if not, we're going to burn you and your father's house in fire. 
Kirasem Lano Hello. Have did you invite us here to impoverish us? Did you did, no, there's a, a, is your goal to cause us to pay out this lavish gift? Um, and you know what 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 are, what are you doing here? So they threatened her, uh, and then and then now Vatev Eishes Shimshon Alav. So she cried to him. You must hate me, she said. Not love me, you must hate me. I mean, you told my people uh, a riddle. You didn't have the decency to tell me what the answer is. He said, I didn't even tell my parents that I even had an encounter with the lion in the first place. So, so I didn't tell them anything about this story, and now, now you're you're upset that I I, I didn't tell you. So anyway, so uh, fine. So what happened? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so she cried for seven days. So she continued to stress him uh, and wrote Saloma It says that she pressed and pressed and pressed and, and and you know it was a constant uh uh discussion with him, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And and, and she held back from him and didn't want to be with him, and eventually uh, he softened, and he told her. Uh, so what happened? So it says that the people came on the seventh day. means before the sun set. Um, I mean, at the very at, at the last minute of the of, of the deal, there's a Gemara uh, somewhere that talks about. Uh, I think. Um, the, there were three people in Yerushalayim, it's Gamar and Gittin. Um, one, one of them who, who supplied the city with all the supplies. One of them was a man, Naktimum ben, ben Gurion. So the Gemara tells a story that there was some business deal that, that, that he was involved in. It's Gamar and Tanis. Uh, there was some business deal that he was involved in. And, and, um, Somehow the sun didn't. He, he was able. The sun didn't set for him because otherwise he would have been responsible for a certain debt. And then um, I'm not telling the story 100% accurately, but that was the basic story that 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 in the in the waning minutes of the time where where he owed a certain amount of money, um, the sun didn't set. The sun held up in the sky for him, and, and then and then he was able to to actualize the deal. I'll I'll tell you the real story next week. But it's a it's, come on, Thomas. Anyway. So that's what happened. It was the it was the waning moments. Oz Mayari. So they said, Mama soak me what's sweeter than honey? Oz Lahem. So he said to them, Lule So Shimshon realized and he said, Had you not plowed with my calf, you would not you would not have solved my riddle. What, what does that mean? So he said, Alderach Mosha, Kalomar. You you uh, threatened and you bothered my wife. Uh, and so 
Had my wife not told you the answer, you wouldn't know the answer. The Amru Belashem Mashal Osha Amar Im Lohaisa Chatiras Machshavos Sechem BeEmsaos Yishti LeShiyet LeShihit Tachkor Mimen Elagid Lachem Lo Masasi Chidasi Charisha He Meshutevus Charisha Mamish. So he said, he said, he said, you know, I, I know what happened here. You didn't know the answer. You 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 really owe me the money. But then you then you you terrorized my wife, and, and she and she told you. The answer. So what happened? So it says that he he killed um, uh, he uh, he killed thirty. It says I, I skipped. It says He had the uh, the, the spirit of Hashem. Ashkelon. He went to Ashkelon. That's a police team city. And 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 he took their garments. So he went to the Plishtim, killed 30 men, took their garments, and that's the garments he gave to the to the ones that told him the answer. And he was angry. Then he goes back to his uh, uh, to, to his uh, wife's uh, home. And it happened sometime later. Uh, and then meanwhile, Shimshon's wife was given in marriage to his companion whom he had befriended. So we're going to see that's we're going to see that's also a repeating story when Shaul gives uh, Michal but uh, um, his daughter who was technically married to David Amalek to somebody else and we, that's also a story. But right here Shimshon uh, he gives it over um, um, th- this idea. Now there's one uh, issue I just want to conclude with is the issue of Nazirus. So the issue of Nazirus is the following so how is it that he was able to kill um, people if he's not allowed to be Tommy Mace? How is he going to kill people? It's not like he took out a gun and shot them. He had a, there had to be a physical contact. So the Radak, uh, it's late, I'm not going to read it inside, I'll just tell you the summary of it. The Radak makes a distinction between a nausea that a person personally declares and a nausea that's imposed upon someone like Shimshon that was imposed upon him by birth. And he says that 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 a nausea is 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 only all the because if you look in the psukim, it only says he can't cut his hair and drink wine. It doesn't mention the that he can't be tummy, he can't become defiled to a mace. So the Radak says. Therefore, he was that that aspect of the Naziris didn't apply to Shimshon, and he was allowed to. So when he attacked the people, he was allowed to to come in contact with them, and he was allowed to kill them. Other Mefarshim say that that he, he that he stepped away, uh, he, he wounded them more, uh, in a way that they will die, but he didn't kill them straight, and, and he backed away. So when they actually died. Uh, he wasn't over there. I mean, that's just an issue that's gonna uh, ongoing with Shimshon. So again, it could be that 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 the halachas of Tumas Mace didn't apply to him because he was not because he didn't declare himself and as it was declared for him, um, or the possibility that when he kills people, he doesn't kill them um, uh, directly. Um, anyway, what co- what comes out of the story is that Shimshon begins his descent into, into the depths of the plishtim and, 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 and when each event that happens to him, he, ca- he carries out a, a terror war against uh, the plishtim and, and, and he's getting through that, he's going to create this great Yeshua in Am Yisrael. I think we're going to stop here for tonight. Um, it's, uh, I see I'm over time anyway. 
Um, and um, Mr. Shem, we're going to continue with the story of Shimshon next week. Uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Have a great week. If anyone's going on vacation, enjoy it. But remember, even from vacation, you can come here and join us on Zoom. So don't miss that. Thank you, Rabbi.